Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're in the home country of hashing in Malaysia, in Petaling. We're with a longtime hashers hashed all over Asia. Today on the podcast, welcome Popeye. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's let everybody know your hashing origin story. When and where and how did you get to your first hash? Well, it happened in uh, June 1984. I was in a officer's club and I met up with some old colleagues and they were talking about this hash and I was wondering what it's all about and they invited me. What kind of officer's club and where were you? Oh, it was Singapore Armed Forces and I went and joined first time and I got hooked. What was it like, that first one? So it's an all-men's hash. Mm -hmm. What was the running like? Let me just say uh, what happened. I went okay. there, being an army officer myself, I went in my PT kit. I was wearing a white t-shirt, a white shorts, white socks and white shoes, and I went for the run. And the boys looked at me and they asked me, what are you doing here? I said, I came for a run. And they had a good laugh. <laughs> Within five minutes, I was in the mud. My shoes were never white again. Uh, the run was, I suppose, about six, seven kilometers long. In uh, And Singapore was still not developed well yet. And we actually ran into some real good hash terrain. That was a rainy day? That's why it was mud? Or is it no, just a muddy area? No, no, no. They brought us into a, a stream, a muddy stream. Yeah. Ah, okay. And you said you were hooked right away. With your schedule and your role there, were you able to attend, was it weekly? It was uh, every Tuesday. Because I come from the army and I knew some rugby songs, so I could sing and I clicked with the boys very well. And the thing was, after I did my first run, I applied for my membership and I had to wait for them to send me an approval letter. Wow. Hey, how long did that take? Oh, the masters took about two weeks. Wow. <laughs> it was a big club then? Lots of people on it? I think at that time, the strength was about 50. Yeah. So you found out about it right away. In Singapore, of course, the second club ever to form. How long before you found out there were hashing clubs outside of Singapore? Within that same year, I went to Malaysia. I visited in Singapore, Sleta, Sleta Hash House area. And they had a joint run in Batalin uh, Jaya, where I am now. And I, so I knew there were clubs in Malaysia. But the eye-opener was in 1986 when I went for the Interhash in Pattaya. Yeah. Uh, and that really opened my eyes up. And I, I went around making so many friends. There were hashes from Moscow from Peking, you know. Yeah, was, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, what else do you remember about Pattaya Interhash 86? So it was big, nice weather and all that, but what, what what else do you remember? Is there any particular people that you remember, maybe people have got passed on now? Who did you meet back then? Oh, what was it like? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I got in touch with the Hammersley boys, nah. <laughs> uh, the, the Perth Harriots. You know, Carol, Carol passed off on the Perth Harriots and some of the boys from Hammersley Hash. Uh, what I remember about Pattaya was that was the first time they were launching the, the Singa Gold Beer. Ah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And it, was not available. it was not available in the market, but what the boys did was they parked this 40-foot container at the, at the run site, and they had small, small chiller boxes all over the all over the field, and people just went and picked up crates, drop crates of beers, and 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 you know, and, and the beers were just running out. So the next day, at the full site, everybody was drinking single gold. 
Nice, yeah. But it was lovely. It was lovely. You started in Singapore. You went to Malaysia, and then by the time you went to there in Thailand for the inner hash. What was your experience with these first hashes you were visiting? Were they all singing? Was it how big a part was it with all these hashes you were finding then in the eighties? Yeah, definitely there were a lot of singing. Their their focus was more on the beers and the hash skits. You know, Scandinavian hash came and did a skit where the girls all just <laughs> went totally stuck naked. You know, and they did an encore, and we were just partying. You know, the whole night at the ranchside. People didn't really bother about. Whether the food was, you know, as long as there's some food to eat, as long as the cold beers, and I met so many new friends. It was something new to me, virgin, you know. Yeah. But I thoroughly got soaked into it, and I really loved it. Where else did you live in Hash after Singapore? After how long were you in the military in Singapore, and where did you go I after served, that? I was uh, in Singapore Army for thirty six years. Wow. Uh, but I moved to Malaysia in two zero one four, and I've been here since then. So I lived in Singapore all my life, but I've been to eleven in the hash. I've been to Pan Asia's and uh, so many other runs around the region. Yeah, Petaling. There's a few, a couple hashes, right? Yes. Uh, one of the most famous hashes around the world uh, from there, of course, is Chibai, who was an inner hash survivor. Yes. So Alan Chi, yeah, yeah. He just passed on. What do you remember about uh, Chibai, Alan? I met Alan way back in the eighties, and I got to know him very well. In all, the, remember those days in Tehash, we used to have a grandmasters meeting on a Sunday, right, to vote for the next one. Yeah, exactly. And we used to chat, and we used to bring up the point about uh, Mother Hash being the Hash Council uh, to actually monitor who bids for the next Tehash and have some kind of a you know control over it, and not before the eligible somebody make them and. To find out if they're eligible to actually conduct the hash, and right. I remember clearly we were talking to Alan Chi. Alan Chi was always there. They're talking to him, and he said, "We'll do it. We'll do it." But uh, they never really got them to doing it, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. we actually formed something, and it, it's something you should get involved in. We have a thing called the Interhash Council now. Yes, I saw it. So that's something you should you should attend and say that you should be part of it because you've been to all these interhashes and you can. Be another representative from Malaysia. Yeah, I would love that. I really okay, I'll that. send you. I'll send you an email about that. But we usually just get together at Interhash and count the votes. But in between, bidders will send a proposed bid, and it's exactly what you and Chibai were talking about. We go back to them and say, if you're going to bid, you need to get these guarantees and these assurances yes. and stuff. So, yeah, okay. So, exactly that has evolved into it never got started by anyone. And maybe Mother Hash was the right one. But since they didn't do it, just a bunch of volunteers have gotten mm -hmm. together. And you're very welcome to get involved in that. So, I'll, I, I'll connect you. Thank you so much. I really love that. What did you get involved in? with mismanagement how long before you were involved in organizing oh, hash i i joined in uh in june 1984 in 90 because i told you i could sing the rugby songs which were basically hash songs yeah i was made the hash but the following year i was only in the committee the following year <laughs> was that I, a good experience oh yeah you know i could hardly play the guitar so i had to carry the guitar around and, and play with the guys to play the guitar but i could sing all the songs so, yeah. so we, the, the singing was so important part of the hash. We used to come back from the run, 
uh, grab a cold beer and you'll start singing. We didn't yeah. even shower, we didn't change, we, we did nothing. We just sang and then the circle starts and, and it was really fun. Nice, yeah. And, well, Singapore's been going for oh, about 60 years now, but their tradition, it's an all-male hash and did not give out hash names then, right? No. Okay. Mother hash, uh, sorry, uh, Singapore hash, uh, we call them the bankers, the bankers. They were, the, they were in Singapore since the 60s. So when, <laughs> when these friends of mine, they were, in, they were in Malaysia, they heard about the hash, they came back, they wanted to join the, the Monday boys. But the Monday boys, you know, nose up in the air. They didn't, didn't acknowledge them, didn't, didn't make them feel welcome. So that's how the boys, these all actually army officers from Slater camp, decided to start their own local club. And that's how Slater has started. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I became a part of it uh, four years later, and that's how it went on. And how did you get your hash name? Ah, in, I, when I joined the hash, I, I was smoking a pipe. And, ah. uh, and and then I went for one of my, especially Monday. The, the Monday had a celebration run. I went for the run. They gave out a golfer hat, but I tricked it into like a sailor's hat. <laughs> yeah. And then I was pretty good at arm wrestling. So a guy called Gordon McKenzie, an American uh, uh, officer, he's called the Flesher. He saw me and he gave me the name Popeye. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, that's a good name. Yeah. yeah. Very well known and that's a good character. That little Popeye hat, you've worn that. Hold on. I'll go and get it now. Hold okay. On. Okay. Yeah, there it is. It's it's even labeled. Yeah, this is actually a U.S. Marine hat. Oh yeah, uh, a navy. Uh, it came from the yeah, it came from the states, and uh, they got it all embroidered for me. And I've lost about a dozen of these so far. <laughs> People so, steal them all the time. Yeah, where do you get? <laughs> I'll have to get one next time I see you. Yeah, what, uh, how do you get your name put onto that? Oh, they they call it embroidered. You know, it's it's stitched. Oh, on. it's embroidered. Okay, nice. Yeah. 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 So okay. I wear it and uh, yeah, that's and you know you know you have always seen me. I always see my hat and my sarong. That's my yeah. uniform. Yeah, the songs that you learned over the years, hash songs that originated kind of from the rugby songs that you knew then. What about newer hash songs? Have you learned new hash songs all over the time? Oh yeah, you you keep. You keep learning more and more hash songs. There's hundreds of hash songs. I actually I produced a songbook for the Slater Hash way back. It was a pocket size uh, A5 uh -huh. uh, with the songs in there. We had the Constitution, the Do's and Do's for the new guys. So a new member would get a book of that, so they can carry it around and you know mm -hmm. and learn to sing the song. But you know, uh, it's not easy to get hashes to sing hash songs. But uh, yeah, I've learned new songs in PG Animal. I learned a few more. That songbook. How long were you producing it? Oh, I made a thousand copies. I got a sponsorship for it. I made a thousand copies and I think they still have a few more being given up. It's been about 10 years now. You know, any new book gets one. So Slater Hash is still using it. Oh, yeah. Do you know about the the Hash Museum that Neptunus is bringing to Malaysia? Uh, no. I okay. heard something about it. I'm not sure. Yeah, so Neptunus, a Dutch hasher, he'll be there in the fall and he's collected mostly around Europe. But he's been traveling now and he's, he's going to, I think he's got to do a North American tour, but he's collect, he started collecting t-shirts and categorizing okay. them. And now he's got everything, hats, headbands, everything, songbooks. He'll be there in Malaysia in the fall. I don't know if he has one of your songbooks, but it'd be good to donate one to the museum. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll get it, one ready. Yeah. I'll get one ready and uh, give it to him. 
he's shipped over a container to KL. He has a lot of his materials are in KL, and he's going to set it up there. I don't know the the final place, but he's got some kind of flat rented, and he's going to get there. And so that'll be interesting. You may you may have some other things to donate for that that are unique. Yeah. What when did you start getting T-shirts? Did you get them in Singapore? My extra collection of T-shirts started in Pattaya. Oh, okay. you know, we were, we, I was actually I was just exchanging so many T-shirts. The thing is, after about a couple of years, they are they are too small to wear. Yeah, you know, you know, I stopped collecting T-shirts like ten years ago because the cupboard is just full of T-shirts, you know. And I did keep a lot of them, but I stopped collecting them unless I see a really good one. Then I I'm a bit more selective now. But I had a T-shirt from Bay, uh, Bay, Peking Hash or Moscow Hash, Scandinavian Hash, Hurt uh, Hurt Harrier, Hammersley Boys, you know. Wow. My my other buddy Popeye from Hammersley. Whenever he sees me, you know, the hash will always pass me a new T-shirt. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. There's a Popeye from Hammersley. Yeah, yeah, two of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about travels? We'll talk about Interhash in a bit, but where where you've listed off a few different countries? What other countries have you hashed in? Okay, uh, Cyprus, uh-huh. uh, New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, UK. India. Yeah. When you started, it was a men's hash. When they started the second, the next hash in Singapore, that was open to everyone, women? No, no. I was 96, also. No, 1960, when the, that's the Singapore hash shops area, they call themselves. Uh, they strictly male, they never allowed. In fact, Slater was also men only. Mm-hmm. Only in, I think, 19, I got the data somewhere. I got, I'll send it to you later. I got the dates of who started when. I think I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, okay. it's here. It's here. No, the Harriers started after that. Okay. The girls, okay, the girls are in fact earlier than us. In 1973, 17th of October 1973, the Singapore Hash House Harriers started. The girls were pissed off with the men because they were all hashing and most of them are all rigorous and they are happy at home and they come, they are pissed with the hash boys. So the girls started something called the Hash House Harriers in 1973. Right. Okay, you, then Slater started in 80. 1973 was the Harriet. Okay. Yes. Then 80, Slater started in June 80. And then uh, Lion City, because, okay, what happened was, because we were not welcome in uh, Monday hash, and we started the local hash later, we made an unwritten rule that no Quilo, Quilo, you know what I mean, like no European will ever be a grandmaster of Slater. Ah, uh-huh. There was an unwritten rule that we enforced. Because uh, we didn't want them to come in and take over and then screw us again. So, but what happened was the people at Mike Cockman, a few, we had, Slater Hash was a completely mixed hash. We had 30% of Europe Westerners, uh, Chinese, Indian, and Malays, you know. Ah. So, one of them, they, they realized they cannot be grandmaster of Slater. So, they then started a mixed hash called Lion City Hash right. in 1982. So, that's how they started. So, there were three clubs then. These are the four main clubs in Singapore, actually. Right. Today, we have got 10 clubs in Singapore. And how often do you go back to Singapore now from Baton? Oh, before the COVID, I was going back every month. Yeah. Okay. I, I go back, I still run with the Seta Boys. And here, I'm with the PG Animals. I run with the PG Animals here. It's been 38 years since your first hash, pretty much this month. Do you have any idea how many trails you've been on, if you had to guess? I've done, I think, close to 2,000 runs. Yeah. Because it's later we record our runs. We pull out a card and we record runs. I've done about 1,400 there. I've done about 100 over with uh, Kampong Hash. PG Animal, I've done uh, 
maybe another one to hundred, and then all the outstation chapters. Yeah, close to close to. PJN Animales is kind of a, another one of those alternate hashes like Lion City. It was started in Malaysia, a little bit different. What's the personality of PJ Animales? Okay, PJ Animal. Okay, Slater started because of PJ Animal. Remember, I told you we the the boys who couldn't get get invited. They were running in. They were running in. Uh, they met bear. I'm sure you know Alex the bear. Uh-huh. Alex Thomas the bear, the guy who started PJ Animal. He also did the uh, dash for 1998 in KL. Bear uh, also started PJ Animals way back in 1977. Mm. So he knew these boys, and then he is the one who encouraged the Slater boys to start a local chapter in Singapore in 1980. Ah, okay. Uh, so, yeah. so after the mother hash in Malaysia, Malaysia is the mother hash, right? KL, right. KL hash. Okay. So they were also having this problem with getting these local boys to go and run with them. So Bear started PG Animals with Alan Chi, a guy called Toda Herman. These okay. are the three founder members, and uh, yeah. of course, Alex and Ellen Chi are no longer with us. Toda is around. So, PG Animal is in, uh, in, in Malaysia, they are very, very famous because they, we, we do very good circles. We sing a lot of stuff. We are typical hash, you know, we run, we, we sing, we have a good circle. We have been even invited to conduct circles in Indonesia. We did in Bali. I did conduct this. I was a circle master, master in, in Korea during the Pan Asia. Ah, yeah. Let's talk about a couple things. One sure. is the circles that okay. you run. What's a circle like when Popeye's in charge of it? Oh, okay. Circle, usually we get everyone together. And then the most important thing I think about circle is the discipline of keeping everybody quiet and listening to the guy talking. So we allow the grandmaster to say a few things. The grandmaster invites the guests. You know, we, we acknowledge our guests, first timer. We will give them a down-down. If they are grandmasters, we get them to a down-down, some announcement of the next one. And then the beeping starts. Uh, we call them the vape, some people call them the RA, and then the beeping starts. And that's the highlight of the evening, mm-hmm. where people get put on the ice. We use ice in Sleta. So we put people on the ice for good and bad. And I've been a whip for Sleta twice, two terms. I was a grandmaster twice. I had, I had many, many numerous appointments. And then uh, it's 10, 12 years. <laughs> Yeah, and what about organizing events? Have you been on any committees where you hosted big events? Yes, sir. 87, when we started Pan Asia, Pan Asia, we started, Slita started Pan Asia in 87, after we came back from Pattaya. Uh, we thought he, he, it was not uh, very well organized or was a ripoff. So we did Pan Asia in 87 in Singapore for 100 Singapore dollars for three days. And then I got involved in that as a rookie. By 1993, I was a, a co-chairman for Pan Asia in, in Singapore. The first Pan so Asia we, was 1987 in Singapore. Yes, uh, started by Slater Hesh. Do you know how they came up with that name or that idea to do an Asia one? Yeah, when we were in Pattaya, we came back and we had this guy who passed on uh, two years ago. The Australian guy who was running with us, Kevin Panel. He hashed in his Cinderella. So he came mm. back and said, what rubbish is this? Why don't we do one and then keep it within Asia? We call it Pan-Asia. School this guy, da 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 And then he said, okay, why not? We set up, we started planning. And we went ahead with it. We had about 300 participants only. Main sports supporters were battalion Jaya animals, the PG animals. Mm. And that was done by Sleta alone. By the time I took, we did the next one in Singapore again, we took it from Bandung and we did it. I was a coach chairman. I got all the four clubs in Singapore to be involved. I'm, I'm sorry, before that, 
we did a mass hash in Singapore. Right. The four clubs got together because we never, never like look at each other, you know, eye to eye. Yeah. We, we, I would say, why not? We are so close in the same one small island. So we got together and we started. That's how I broke the ice with the Monday boys. Then they started accepting. So what I do, I got the Monday boys to do the sponsorship. We went into a, play, a party and we really turned into a, a, a carnival. Then we got the girls who are weak to the registration and then Lion City did the entertainment. Nice. All the, uh, so we, we, we were very successful. We had 1,300 people. Wow. MSD boys came down, the carriers came down, people in Japan. We, had, we were very happy. We had a successful event. Yeah, I guess it can be a challenge to get clubs together that don't pay attention to each other because they're strong clubs. When they're strong clubs and they have their own personalities, they're like, oh, we're fine by ourselves. So it's a different challenge than trying to yes. get help. It's trying to balance all that power. Yes. When you went to the first Pan-Asia, did you think, oh, we're going to do this every two years or every year like Interhash? Was that the idea? Yes. We, 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 we thought we would do it every automated year. Uh, Interhash was uh, the human years, right? The yep. tools and the four. So we did the odd years. We got uh, PG Animals to agree to do the next one. So we already had somebody waiting to do it. Right. Then by then, the, the Jakarta boys were here. People from Indonesia, Bandung, Thailand were all here. So it kind of Moved on, it's still around. It has gone haywire. Thank you, sure it's gone <laughs> yes. haywire, you know. That. Yeah. And I'm very upset about it. And I am actually talking to a few people in Malaysia to try and bring it back to Malaysia and get it sorted out once again. In fact, I just came back from Langkawi where we had a, they call it the Patang Nash, man only hash club event. Mm. And there was about 800 of us. And I met up with the organizers, a few of the boys. And when I watched it out, they say, yeah, they will go for it. They want to be advisors. And I say, yeah, let's go to bring Panasia back to Malaysia and do a damn good one about it, you know. Mm. Not a money-making venture, you know. Yeah. Let's go to Interhash then, because it's another okay. big event. There's a lot of people that say, well, back to basics. And sometimes people say, I love seeing everybody. It's a hard thing to figure out what is it. It just it has evolved on its own, like Panasia. There have been controversies. There have been definitely some things that we didn't like, bad behavior and things like that. Talk about Interhash. Interhash again, it has been badly handled by some some of it. Interhash was very badly handled. Some have been excellent. I think they lose focus. And I think people today, I honestly think people today, people Interhash or Panasia, with the intention of making money out of the damn thing. Yeah. I've done it before. I did more than celebration runs and all that. They make money. The registration fee is too high to start with because these guys are not prepared to do the, the hard work. They just want to collect the money and do it. And I always tell them my grandmother can do it too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. You want to do a, a event, you must be wholeheartedly dedicated and, and committed to do it and get a bunch of people who work to do it. And then you work hard, look for sponsorship. It can be done. I can. I'm telling you now. Uh, I can do it still. For as the highest I'm, I will go is 150 US at the most. Why do you need so much money? Yeah. If you really want to organize it, get it done properly. That's the issue. But then again, having said that, uh, I wanted to bring Panisha back. And look around. You don't have dedicated hashmen now to sit down with you and and go through you know and get it done properly. People are just laid back and they, they don't get involved. To find yeah. a bunch of boys to get together and work. It's, it's not easy anymore. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is a lot of work. We all know what hashing yes. is, which is running, yes. drinking, party, get something to eat, have fun. 
But the logistics of doing that as the crowd gets bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. does require sometimes a committee and the same people who can organize big events and organize a hash all year could do it. When the budget gets big, it can be a confounding factor. Singapore never hosted Interash. They bid. There was a couple things that went foul with the bid presentations and so on. But what do you think? Will Singapore ever host Interash or is that day passed? Ah, uh, okay. I if you remember we we did for it in Chiang Mai. If you remember, I was there, you were there. We were we did a presentation, everything. We had the sunken fund from the tourist promotion board. I can get the fan in the hashtag to Singapore. My point here is I don't think I can find a team to work towards making working towards this thing. Ah. What about Patalan? I want the first attempt Pan Asia. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Because you already got you already got New Zealand uh, lined up uh, two zero two four, so I got a lot of time in my head. So I want to try and bring Pan Asia back to Malaysia. Firstly, because it's a slightly smaller event, the 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 concept and everything is the same, but a little bit smaller in size. That's all, or maybe you know, I want to get find people here who who can do the job, and then when I have this team, then we can go forward to do interest. You can't just dive and do interest like that. I don't think I I, I will do that. I'll use Pan Asia as a as a yardstick, and if I get the right people to do it and get it done properly, then you'll look for interest. Right. Okay, I, that's yeah. my dream, anyway. My dream yeah. No, it's a good plan. It would be. It would be great. I personally think it would be a great to have another interhash in Malaysia outside of KL. I don't know. Is Merdeka Stadium just? Is it still up? They keep telling us they're going to knock it down, and they never no, do. No, you see, it, it is there, but there are also many stadiums around the around the country. Yeah. Doing it in Merdeka Stadium, a, a fatal mistake they made. Because you, you you screw yourself up because it's so the traffic is terrible down there. It's all converging and the yeah. the traffic flows. But you sh- if I bring if we bring I would say I we bring it the hash back or Malaysia back to Malaysia. I won't do it in Kia. Definitely nice. not in Kia. Yeah, we will move out somewhere, look for a stadium or something, and then we can do it there. So you're away from all this traffic and everything. Malaysia maybe we'll go to in Johor Bahru first. You know, mm-hmm. southern part, so people can land in Singapore and come across. There's no your train that's going to move from Singapore to Johor. So, wow, it can it can be planned. It can be planned. Yeah. I think Johor would be a good place to go to. Yeah, seems like by continent the hash gets diff- goes through different phases and things. I mean, Asia and Malaysia, of course, and Singapore. The hash is kind of always strong. What happened during COVID? Where oh, you were? It was totally shut down. But what happened was. When they relaxed after the initial phase of six months or a year, what happened was that especially Slater and even PJ, we got like they allow eight people to go out together. So we yeah. had eight guys to go on the, we had our own separate like ten different groups going out to run, walk and run and did our own thing and no circle whatsoever. Yeah. And we went to the nearest nearby coffee shop or food center and PS by sitting far apart. But we kept doing it on a Tuesday and we did it on a Monday. We kept it going until we, we are now back to full swing. Oh, we never great. stopped. We never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you gotten to North America? Canada and etc. Yes, but not hashing. I didn't do any hash there, but when I was there, I was in the military and I was up there. I, I didn't get a chance to do it there. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And so now you're reti- you're fully retired now, right? Yes. Are there any places that you would like to go that you haven't gotten to hashing yet? Uh, to me, I mean, I can do my own tour traveling, right? 
to me, my most of my travel my lifetime has always been where the hash is. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if the hash is somewhere there, I go there and then turn it into a tour. I'm happy wherever. What I would really like to know is whoever is organizing or bidding for the Interhash must be must have the capacity and the experience to do it. You know, so I'll go there. I don't mind going there because to me, the Interhash is a, it's an opportunity to meet up with old friends like you and Penguin and they all, you know, okay, I can name hundreds of them. Yeah. This is the only time we meet again after so long, have a cold one, tell some jokes, sing some songs. <laughs> you know, same. I, I love it to the core, you know, because it's really lovely. I love it. And so I don't particularly worry about where it's been organized, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But who is doing it and whether they have the capacity to do it is very important. Do you have any traditions that are really important to you? Opening a circle, closing a circle, particular songs. What are the most important hash traditions to you? To me, the ice is very important. Uh-huh. The circle is, of course, sacred. You see, today, the sad thing about what's happening now is that, you know, we're all trying very hard to recruit new new hashes. I'm digressing a bit to get to, my, to illustrate my point. Yeah. And when we bring in the new boys team, they are not like what we used to be, you know. Their demands, their, their, their thoughts, their demands are a little bit different. So mm-hmm. hash has actually gone distorted a little bit. But we try to bring them back and say, listen, yeah, even though in hash we are brothers, there is still this respect for seniors, senior members, you know. Mm-hmm. These young boys come and they become us stuff and do all these crazy things. Oh, your dog. <laughs> that's uh, that's actually my doorbell. Uh, when oh. some when someone walks up, I have a video doorbell. When someone oh. starts walking up towards the porch, it automatically makes a dog sound. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so someone didn't ring the doorbell, but they walked up the drive up the sidewalk, and uh, so it starts barking at them. <laughs> I'll cut that out and put that in the outtake reel. No, uh, worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah. a grandmaster of a club to respect it. Uh, the RA and the beach should be respected. The circle is, it, to me, is a very important ritual that we do. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't uh, do it with it. Uh, we should follow it religiously, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important. And singing. So and I tried so many ways to get people to learn to sing songs. I even laminate song, put that <laughs> in bigger fonts and bring it out, you know. I said, let's do this song for this week, this song. And they don't really want to learn to sing. That's, that's a sad part. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those traditions are what make us a tribe or a culture. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We are—that's our culture. Our singing, our eyes, our circle, the rituals. You know, you well, can digress a little bit here and there. But what about closing a circle? Do you have any traditions for ending oh, yeah. the hash? How does that happen in PJ? We always uh, finish by getting the the hair for next week to come and say grace. It says a grace, like rubber Take the hair for a grub, something like that. You know? Oh, <laughs> okay. And there's another one like we have uh, some, we and me, we can eat some. No, don't have meat, so they can't eat something like that. A few variations, but that's how it close the circle. Yeah, you've run circles at big events too, huh? Yes, sir. Yes. So, so what's your experience with running a, ha- a circle with a couple hundred people where you don't know everybody? How is that different from running it with your usual friends? That, exactly. I've done it. What? What? We have devised a way. What we do is we start by getting everyone together and we start with a song. Mm. We get everyone to stand up and start with a song, the hash song, you know, get them all to sing the song. So get everybody, into the, you get target, tune everybody into that, get them into the mood. So once you start this, 
the song, get everyone to sing, and keep it going, and get everyone to sing, and all that. Then everybody gets into the mood. Then we settle them down. Then we start with the little, very little announcements. We try and get into the circle, and what we do is we try and get more than one RA or a VIP to you know pick different people and put them. And what we do, what we also do is we don't do three D. Sometimes the last time in Korea, I had something like ten blocks of ice. Mm. And one of the favorite thing I do in the circle is I pick up people birthday boys and birthday girls. You know, mm-hmm. those people who have their birthday around that. Around the time, and we put them on the ice, and I actually bake a cake on them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The I don't know whether I don't know whether you've seen that because I now uh, uh, popular around the region because I'm the baker. I actually <laughs> use raw. I use raw egg. I use flour. I use milk. I mean uh, beer, and I make a cake on everybody's head. You always bring eggs to the hash. Is that kind of? I have I have my baking kit in my with me and I said somebody's but but we don't do it regularly. Then it doesn't it's not a novice anymore, you know. Right. It's not right. a normal thing. So what I do is I we pick certain guys and then we get them and then we, especially the grandmaster's uh, birthday, he's not going to run away. In Shreta, we used to buy uh, old cakes and bring it and then throw it on the head, you know. Ah. Then I uh, then I evolve into baking them. You know, I bring flour. Eggs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sprinkles and some chocolates to decorate it. Put a paper plate, a cut paper plate on the head so it doesn't fall over, fall over. And I bring a candle. We, <laughs> we light, we, we light a candle and then we, we sing a song and then we blow it. And yeah, it's really funny. It's really oh funny. yeah, yeah. I think I've seen one or two of those along the way at International. Maybe I don't know. Yes, yes. I've, I've run a lot of circles and a lot of big circles at big events. And I actually, as I'm going to do this next time, the app just start with a song, the very first. Yes. Time. Of course, there's down downs and down down songs, but I like that idea of everybody walking up and opening their throats right away. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. And what I do also is uh, when the circle is about to finish. Uh, my closing is in major events. Is I will do singing in the rain. Uh-huh. Remember the okay. song singing in the rain? Sure. And in the one where it thumbs up, fist together, elbows together. Yeah. So I get anybody to stand up or on a chair, and then I make them follow me, and we go through it. You know, and they all the hunka shaka, hunka shaka, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, a, it's a great, great way to uh, finish the circle. You know, uh, yeah. of course, the last one is sweet chariot. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, got, I have a recording of Mother Hash singing "Swing Low." The official they made a long recording, so I that's at the end of every podcast. I put their recording okay. in here. Yeah, still there's some controversy about that sometimes in the U.S. There's a cultural thing, but it's interesting. The kind of your one of your, your favorite closing song is not really that "Singing in the Rain's not didn't come from rugby. No, yeah. we don't know where some of these songs came from. Exactly. Who introduced them? And it's a kind of a cool legend. Virtually everybody who's been hashing for five or ten years certainly knows all of these songs. They just figure mm-hmm. they hear them somewhere else. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's all my favorite. And so what do you think is the long-term future of hashing? I mean, Asia is really strong. Certainly in America, the culture is different. Young people joining the hash, very different. The the personality of some of the clubs is sometimes a lot cruder. But Asia is strong. Is the hash going to last forever, do you think? Oh, I think they will. I think they definitely will. Because it's caught on as it's spread so widely. The the encouraging thing about it is I've seen many, many uh, pictures and videos of many chapters around the world. I somehow get to 
get to get there. There could be maybe only six people running, you know, and mm-hmm. they will still do their run. They don't cancel it. And that's yeah. the spirit because if they keep doing that, eventually, you know, more people will hopefully will join. Our problem now is the new generation of kids are not into hashing, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they're not interested in going out to the jungle and you know, go out, out there and run and get dirty and all that. But we still, we just got to keep on doing it until, I don't think we will die. I don't yeah. think, but we might just deviate a little bit here and there. I tell you, uh, I'm pissed off with some of the, the clubs. Malaysia has got hundreds of clubs. Mm-hmm. So-called hash club, you know. I, they, they got silly names. And that's why you call yourself Siko. They say, oh, stomach in, chest out. I say, what, why, why, why? You know, the problem with here in Malaysia is, I suppose elsewhere too, the guy is not happy with, the, with the, the particular club or the members. He just goes and starts another one. Yeah. You know, and then there's no constitutions involved. I don't think, I think many of them are members registered the ROS. So to speak, you know. We'll talk about getting you officially considering for to join the Interhash Council. What do you think needs to happen on the big scale for the big events to survive? What kind of oversight? What is appropriate? We don't. We're figuring out with the Interhash Council to make sure the voting is good and try to make sure the bids are good. But it's hard because there's no real authority in the hash. Exactly. And, and exactly. we we want to make sure that people aren't trying to make money and that to drive force. But how ideally, how would the a Pan Asia Council or Interhash Council help make sure? That these law, the big events survive and are done properly. What can we do? Yeah. Okay, I I've been talking about this too. You know, here with the boys here, they have something called the Malaysian Hash Council. Yeah, yeah. The people who are sitting in the council are there for glory, and, and they they talk about all the minor things. They major on the minors, like oh, I'll get, I will consolidate consumption and make beers be cheaper. We will get it. And I told those guys, listen, boys, you must come out with the modest operante, You know. A, a concept of hashing. It's a common concept. You must try and create something called an affiliation in Malaysia. That means, you know, in a friendly way, tell people, boys, register yourself, be affiliated to us, so become one big body. So when we have problems with the authorities in Malaysia, ministries, we have a speaking right because we are big enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So we should start that way. And then if they can do that and then get discussed affiliated, it's a long shot, but I think that's the way we should go. If every country starts doing that, be as an interhash council, connect with the council of the, the country. Uh-huh. And then, uh, then you see what I'm trying to say? So it's, it's micromanaged below, then it comes up to us. Yeah. New Zealand has done this well. New Zealand has a GM every two years, and they mm-hmm. elect, and that person goes and visits all the clubs. It's small enough. There's... There's fewer clubs in in the whole country of two islands in New Zealand than there are in mm. in one you know a hundred miles of KL or, or Malaysia. But yeah, yeah. The, I, that that concept has worked well for them. That's true. Yeah. In Singapore, you know, we are so regulated. We have issues with the uh, with, with the authorities. We are very strict, especially yeah. hashing when these guys will just throw toilet paper everywhere. This constant littering, and then when they use chalk. Marking, they call it crap, you know, vandalism and all this shit. Yeah. Uh, th- thankfully, because I come from the military and the people who run these industries are officers who have resi- retired or second career. So what I did was I I after we did inter uh, pen, uh, did our national and the Pan Asia, I got all the grand. We got ten clubs, right? Yeah. I got all the ten 
current grandmasters to be part of a, a, another association. I don't call it council, another body where I lead it. Whether I'm a grandmaster, or not, I lead it. I lead it, and all the people are in the group. So when there's an issue, so what they did was from there, we then went to the authority. You got something called the national park. They they control all the greenery, the forests, and the right. parks in Singapore, and they have the authority to find you and charge you in court and all this crap. You know? So we went and sat with them and talked to them. We came to an understanding with them about how we should do it. And so we have got, I got the, all the 10 clubs in Singapore on the same modus of frontier. That means there are do's and don'ts and what the heck can do, what the heck cannot do. Guys, this is the way we do it. Don't do this, don't do that. You know, everything is nicely laid out. So we don't get into trouble with the authorities. Anybody who breaks this and goes out and do it, they face the music. If not, yeah. I will go, I step in and I met, I met the prosecutors, I met the, the directors there and then explained to them, I get them out of, out of trouble. And then, I don't know whether know about this, in 2018, yeah, I think 2018 or 19, one of our guys had actually, was laying the paper, his flower, flower, you know, the powder yeah. thing, white powder thing. Yeah. And he actually gone through a, a MRT station, a train station, had gone right through it, laying the flower and it's gone away. Wow. And then a, a sweeper saw it and then they, alerted the manager and they thought it was anthrax or some chemical thing and they activated the hazard organization and they shut down the train, they shut down the service, they came. Oh, wow. It was a big issue and then I could, when then I so happened to be in Singapore that day, so I quickly told the boys, get that guy to come back to the station and I told the committee members, two of them, to go to the, go to the station and tell them it is flour, it's not chemical, whatever crap, you know. We sort of got it sorted out but they already activated the protocol and it was supposed to be like a terrorist attack shit and the guy oh. was detained and all this shit. So I had to go with these 10 people and set the police force in the HQ and explain everything to them. Eventually, you know, they, they say, okay, but then they said, if you do this again, we're going to get you. Yeah. So, so what I did was, I decided that we will not use flour in Singapore at all. So you only use paper and chalk. And chalk was only in certain places. And, uh, and the national government knows about it now. So this is how you manage it. So when people tell you, oh, Singapore is small, you can, you can do it. I say rubbish. Even in Malaysia, if you break it up in the States, they can do it. They can manage it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's good. Yeah, no, you have a long perspective, a big experience, and you're, you're the prototype hasher, a singer from a rugby background, and you love the tradition. Can you remember when you met people? What do you tell people the hash is who don't know what the hash is? How do you how do you tell? How do you describe what the hash is? I tell them it is the only organization in the world that doesn't have any religion. There's no race. There's no religion. There's no rank. You know, we all brothers and we're equal. I can I can say very with a clear conscience because I've been a Rotarian. Yeah. I've been a, a Mason before. I, I've been the Lion Club and I've been there and I know it, 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 nobody comes close. If you're uh, in the hash, you're either in or you're out. There's no, no half pay. We will pick you up. If you're up there for bad intention or not the right right intention, you'll you, you, you stick up. Yeah. You'll you find out. Yeah, it's and, so uh, fitting. Yeah. yeah. And I also asked, I asked you, Nara, why do we give each other a hash pay? Have you thought of that? I think it's so that what's inside the hash isn't related to outside life what you do outside the hash doesn't matter exactly you see if not i'll be you have to call me colonel raju and i have to call you professor matthew for example you know uh magistrate so in the hash we take all the crap out and we all only call each other by hashtag you don't use our actual name 
So we all are of the same level. There's yeah. no difference between you and me. Yeah. And so I explained this to the new guys. So that's the reason why we keep you hashed. It's not for anything else, but to make sure that you identify as a hasher. And yeah. we are the same. There's no difference between you and me. We are the same. Yeah. For me too, that is the most important thing because then any hash you ever go to anywhere in the world, you just you're free. The ice is broken, and you're free to talk to everybody and be yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to say honor to somebody, <laughs> and, and and then you become friends anyway. I've, I've done that many many times when I'm traveling. You know, yeah. some or other, I'm sure they bump into some hasher, and I'm like, hey, honor, I'm Papa. You know, and it's, hey, how are you? Better? Yeah, yeah, that's a magic, great thing. It's magic. Yeah, it, it's it's funny that whenever you bump into somebody in any situation, you accidentally find out they're a hasher outside. Everybody smiles. Sm yeah. Hashing brings smiles to everybody. Yeah. Exactly. All right, let me ask you one official question. Is the RA always right? Well, uh, the rule is this. The, R, the RA is always right. Rule number two, if the RA is wrong, please refer to rule number one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My hash name has nothing to do with religious advice. It's an Egyptian name, but it's a good... Ah. What does it stand for, actually? It's an Egyptian god, one of the old, the oldest Egyptian oh, okay, sun god, okay, Ra. Okay, Ra. Sun god Ra. Ah, Ra. Correct, correct. I use, I use it when I play Scrabble. <laughs> 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 Sorry, the circle is done. It's, it's so peculiar. I was very unique this hash circle, you know. And whatever mm. is done in the circle should be taken with fun and good faith, and never, never to uh, run anybody down. But it's all done in good faith and fun, you know. We become boys again. I, I think that's, that keeps us young and happy and, you know, we forget about all our stress and everything else. That's a good, another good insight because we're all 18 to 22 years old in our brains, even though our bodies age. And we get to, <laughs> we get to pretend and act like it and share that yeah. same, that same feeling with everybody, regardless of where they're from, what they're like or where, uh, what, yeah. what age they are. Yeah. That's a good, yes. that's a good insight. Exactly. Thank you so much. It was All right. great talking to you. All right. On, on. On, on. Now that was Popeye, great hasher. Long time Singapore, now in Malaysia. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher stories, hasher history. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child.